Hey, my name is Ryan McVitie, and I am the pastor of the River Worship. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If you haven't heard about the river yet, it's an amazing move of God happening in the greater Toronto area. Yes, Toronto, Canada. It's a cold place, but we have warm hearts, and we love coming together every Tuesday night and worshiping the Lord with all we've got. We also get to dive into the Word, and that's where we're going to go right now. We're going to dive into the Word of God, and I trust and pray that it will impact you in a powerful way. If you're ever in the Toronto area, come visit us. We would love for you to worship with us together. But enjoy the message, and God bless you. Yeah, God speaks through special revelation still. I believe that 100%, but the canon sealed. There isn't new new words, but there's certainly more ways that we can learn to apply the word in our life. So tonight I want to help you with some application tonight. Tonight I want to talk about something that I know I do, and I think if you would be real with me, you probably do it a lot more than you realize. Tonight I want to talk about something called the what ifs. Would you look to your neighbor and say it like you're concerned, any neighbor, no games tonight, any neighbor, and say, what if? Come on, what if? You know, it's like you just met your new boo, and, and he seems great, but you're self-sabotaging like you always do, and you're going, but, but what if he doesn't like babies? What if? Or you met her, and you're like, well, what if she's a crazy cat lady, and she's got eight cats? I have a cat allergy, so I would have been out. Um, what if? What if? We all do it. We all love to dwell on this phrase. What if? What if? I never find someone. What if I find the wrong someone? What if I'm dating the wrong someone? What if, what if, what if, what if, um, what else? What if I take the wrong job? What if I move to the wrong city? What if I don't measure up to the plans that God has for me? Anyone ever had one of those what ifs? Let me see your hands, real people. Anyone ever had one of those? Okay, then this is for you tonight. We live our lives... So much of our thought life, so much of our prayer life in the what if, you know, we, we, and, and truthfully guys, it's exhausting. I do it all the time. I get so consumed by my worries because your what ifs are worries, right? What if this doesn't, what if that doesn't, what, and it's so easy to get consumed by it. And I think as Christians, sometimes I want to talk about this tonight, we go to God with our worries and we call that prayer. That's not prayer. That's worries. Now, look, don't hear me wrong. You can take your worries to God. He is your refuge in a time of need. He is an ever-present help. You can take your worries to him, but sometimes we lay in bed worrying for an hour and call that prayer. That's not prayer, okay? That's being consumed in that what if, but the Word of God tells us something different. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34 says this. You've likely heard it before. Therefore, do not worry... What if? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough of its own trouble. Isn't that last statement true? Every day has enough of its own trouble. Y'all, my grandmother was this sweet, sweet woman from Northern Ireland. She was an immigrant here, the sweetest woman you ever met. She's with Jesus now. Um, My mom, her daughter's right here. Would you give it up for my mama? Stand up, mama. Stand up for that beautiful lady. Anyone in here got a mama you're thankful for? Give it up for your mom right now. Yeah. Hey, moms do not get enough credit, okay? My wife right here is a mom right now, 
And the things she has to do at 4 a.m. and 3 a.m. while I'm sleeping, rolling over, acting like I don't know Maverick's awake. <laughs> Dads, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mamas don't get enough credit. But anyways, my grandma, grandmas don't get enough credit either because there's some good grandmas out there. She used to say that all the time. She said, Ryan, don't worry about tomorrow. Is this true, Mom? Is this true? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And I used to think she was the most wise lady in the whole world. And then I became a teenager, and I realized she was just ripping off Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those are his words, not hers. Matthew chapter 6, 34. Let me tell you something, though. You want to meet the wisest person in the world. It's someone who rips off the words of Jesus Christ. This lady knew what she was doing, amen? So, you know, she used to say that to me all the time. And, and it really was a sign of wisdom because we can get trapped in those what-if scenarios and just float there and stay there forever. I am a professional hypothetical problem maker. Okay, that's a big term, right? A hypothetical problem maker. I can find eight negative outcomes to any option you throw at me. And I can do it in about 60 seconds. It's not entirely my fault. I went to law school. You learn nothing good in law school. You only, only learn bad. Right? You don't learn a good scenario ever. You only look at how things fall apart in law school. Anyone else that's a hypothetical problem maker? You're really good at making up ways that this is going to blow up and not work out and how they're just going to treat you like the last person treated you and this job's going to be like how the last job was. Anyone else? Just me? I'm the only twisted one? Okay, cool. See, the thing about that, being a hypothetical problem maker, like your pastor has a tendency to do, is that eventually you hit a point where you do hit that prayer stage where it's not worry anymore, but then your prayer kind of looks like this. It, it looks like this. It says, God, show me how it's going to work out. Show me what if, and then that happens. Show me the what. How is it going to work out? What will my career be? Who will my spouse be? Do I have what it takes? God, why don't you just show me? Anyone ever prayed a prayer like that? That's where you ultimately give when you get trapped in the what if. And let me tell you what you're asking God for when you get there. Anyone know what this bad boy is? You seen one of these before? Anyone know what this is? Yell it out if you know what this is. It's a map. Thank you, old person. Um, that's right. This is a map. It's on paper. It's, it's a print on paper. Can, let me just show you this bad boy. This is going to take a minute. Bear with me. Oh my goodness gracious, look at this trash. Okay, oh man, wow, okay. That right there is a map, y'all. It could be a dress, that would be weird. Um, this is a map right here. When you get to that point where you pray to God, show me, God, just show me what you're gonna do, show me how it's gonna work out, this is what you're asking God for, okay? You want a map, so you can see all the what-ifs. Let me get this straight. Hold on. What is that? Muskoka. Okay, cool. Um, Southern Ontario. Cool. Now it's straight. You want from God one of these. And let me tell you why you want it, because this is what I wanted too with my what-if type thinking and my what-if type faith. On a map, you can look at a particular road. Take your pick. It looks like spaghetti on here. That's Peterborough. Any Peterborough people here? Y'all came a long way, Peterborough people. Thank you. You're beautiful. Um, that's Peterborough right there. It only has, it only has, thank you. It only has like one, one road because it's Peterborough. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but there it is. And the thing about a map is you can look at a road 
and then you can see where that road connects to, and you'll know what happens if you make that turn, right? You got me? You follow. See, this is what we want from God, okay? Imagine what it was like when your parents or you, if you were a mature person, we talked about that last week, mature, um, or your grandparents if you're really young, imagine, just think about it, texting and driving is dangerous, amen? Amen, it's dangerous, say amen, it's dangerous. Don't do it, it's dangerous. Imagine driving looking at this, like in front of your windshield, my dad used to do it. Um, We grew up pretty poor, so this is cool, y'all, this is a cool story. My dad bought like a 30-year-old bus, like, like, a, like a motor coach, like a bus. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what he paid. What did you pay, like five grand for a dad? It wasn't fancy. He gutted the thing out and put a couple couches in it and became our RV. It was awesome. It, and and he would, we would go all across the U.S., and he would use one of these things to get us around, and I was, was marveled by that. But see, when you, when you pray to God, uh, what if, show me what if, show me what you're asking God for is a map. Okay, And the reason you're asking for that is you know you can look and see where if you go down that road, where it will lead. And then, now you can decide if you want to make that turn or not. You follow me? That's why you want the map, because then you can decide if you're going to go that way or you're going to go this way. What I want to tell you tonight, I'm going to put this thing down because I had no idea it was that big. What I want to tell you tonight is that that is not the way God guides us. That's not the way. God is not your fortune teller. God is your fortune maker. Did you hear me, somebody? Okay. When I say fortune, I'm not talking money, okay? He's not your fortune teller. He is your fortune maker. We want a map so then we can decide for ourselves which way we're going to go. That's why we want the whole story of our life. And usually, when we pray for that again and again and again, and God doesn't give us this, He doesn't reveal to us what's going to happen if we take that job, if we date that girl. We can almost start to resent God. Go, why don't you show me? Why don't you show me? But what I want to tell you tonight is that God does not usually provide the what if. Instead, he does something that is infinitely better. He doesn't tell you what if. He tells you what now. He tells you what now. Would you look to your neighbor and say it with some attitude, a different neighbor, socialize, say, what now? Come on, say it like you just dunked a basketball on them, and they were talking smack to you, and you're five foot four, and this is your time to dunk, and you just dunk it down on them. What now? That was good. I like that. With some attitude. See, we want that. We want a map, but God does something so much better. He gives us something, this is the title of my sermon, called turn-by-turn direction. Turn-by-turn direction, that's what he gives you. And it looks like this in Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. I will instruct you, and I will teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye. Him counseling you with his loving eye means that he is watching you along the process. He is looking over you in love, and he will instruct you and teach you which way that you should go. Turn-by-turn guidance is the way that he operates. Let's park there for a minute. Um, Anyone ever go visit an old person? Anyone go visit an old person? Grandpa, grandma? Okay. 
Ah, oh, man, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Um, there's like a unique smell normally, right? Is it just me? Am I crazy? I didn't say it was bad, but it's like, it's unique, right? When you go visit an old person, define old for yourself. Um, but, but there's like a unique smell. But I, I really, I don't want to rag on old people to y'all because I, I actually really love old people. Um, old people may not know how to use an iPhone, but old people know how to win a war. Um, old people may not know social media or dating apps, but old people can tell you how to mend a broken marriage. Um, old people may not know what's trending and current right now, but they could teach you how to stay in a marriage for 60 plus years. Um, yeah, come on. You want some wisdom, you go to an old person. Old person will tell you, old people will tell you how to survive a recession. Something tells me some of us might need that in the future. Um, they'll tell you how to manage money, how to make a budget. Old people are wise, but today in culture, we cast old people aside like they're worthless. I joke about it all the time, right? Shame on me. We cast them aside like, like they're worthless, and our culture today worships youth. Think about it. The most famous people in culture today are like 18. I don't know, care how mature you are. When I was 18, I knew nothing about the world, <laughs> right? It takes time to build wisdom. It takes time to build maturity. Um, I'm certainly not claiming to be mature or wise, but I will tell you this about myself. I am an old soul. Anyone in here else that's an old soul? I'll define it in a minute. Okay, cool. You're like me. Someone over there is an old soul. I drink a cup of tea every night before bed. Where are my tea drinkers at? Anybody? Wow. I thought I'd be judged. There's so many of you. Earl Grey vanilla. You throw one brown sugar cube in there, a little bit of milk, stir it up. Boom. Out. Great way to go to bed. I take baths. Anyone else take baths? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, bath before bed. Come on, you're not living if you're not doing that. Um, I play golf. Anyone here play golf? Yeah, you know how many old people I see at the golf course? I, I love golf. See, I, let me just tell you. Those of you that are my age, in your 30s, in your 20s, in your teens, you're going to get old one day, and so am I, and you are going to be such an amateur. And I'm going to be so pro at being old. I'm going to be like, I am so good at this already. I've been doing it for 40 years. You want me to teach you how to be old? I'll teach you how to be old. See, I'm an old soul. I, I, I truly I truly am. Um, I don't know why I told you that. But here's my point. When you go visit an old person, you get past that first thing I talked about, and then they're really sweet and they're really kind and they're really nice to you usually, right? Uh, they may give you a cup of tea. They may give you a cup of coffee. And then what normally happens, they sit down and, and say, hey, would you like to talk? Would you like to come over and just talk? Where are my bros at? Put your hand up if you're a guy. Okay, if one of your buddies texts you or called you and said, hey, man, would you like to come over and just talk? I'd be like, no. Why the heck would I want to do that? Are you okay? Are you hurt? Like, is there something wrong? Like, like what do we need to talk about? Right? But we don't do that anymore. Like, no, dude, I'm not coming over to talk. But older people, they understand the wisdom in conversation and learning from other people and interacting not just through a phone but through face-to-face -face interaction. Old people are smart, guys. They get it. And, and, and you'll have a good visit with them when you go to them. And then usually it ends like this. Lindsay and I, we were in North Carolina a couple months ago, and we had uh, tea and a conversation with the two sweetest old people. You know who I'm talking about. We get to the car, and he says, Ryan, okay, listen real close. 
when you get out the driveway, make a right, and then you're going to see a big barn that you make a left at. And then there's a four-way stop, and when you go there, you need to take a left, and then your second left, and then don't take that left, though, the one after that by the corner store, by the convenience shop. Go the other way, and then you'll get over to the highway. You, so he starts giving me like 14 different directions to get back to the highway. Anyone ever experienced that? Where an old person give you directions of how to get somewhere? So what do you do if you're like me? I completely turn my brain off. I don't listen to a single thing he says. And what I want to say is, bro, I got Siri. I, I don't care about what you're saying right now. I'm not going to look for the barn. I'm not going to remember the seventh left turn. I don't even want to hear what you're saying right now because it might mess up in my head what Siri, Apple Maps, Google Maps, Waze is going to show me. Anyone ever been there? Okay, let me ask you a question. Let's get practical for a second. What would happen if that was the same type of dedication that you had to listening to God and how he gives you guidance for your life? Like, if other sources in the world came to you and said, hey, you should do this, and then when you're done that, you should take this left turn, and then you should go here, and then you should go there, and you'll get on the highway. This is the good way to go in life. This is where you should go. What if you were as dedicated to God as you are Siri? And you would just shut that out, but I have a source here that's pretty reliable. I have a source here on my phone that's pretty reliable. You think I'm talking about a GPS? I'm talking about my Bible app that's pretty reliable, that leads me the right way to go. I don't need to listen to you and where you're going to tell me to go because I'm going to go to the reliable source, the source that has been proven, tried, and true over thousands and thousands of years, the source that is not a dead, crinkly map, but the source that knows every accident, that knows every interruption, that knows where every single road will go. What if you and I had the same type of dedication to God as we do our GPS. Think about that. You don't question your GPS. It reroutes, no problem. I'll take it. What does GPS stand for? It's your global positioning system. I love GPSs. Uh, if you were over 50, I do not know how you survived in life. Like, I have a hard time getting to Walmart without my GPS. Like, some of y'all have been coming to the river for seasons. Don't judge me, okay? I'm getting up in your grill. Some of you have been coming here for seasons and you still punch in the river or Canada Christian College or 300 Water Street when you come here. Who does it? Let me see. Don't lie to me. I get the Google Analytics. I see how many people do it. You've been coming here and you still do it. Why? Because you trust it. You know that it's looking out for your best interest. You know that if something happens, it's going to warn you about it and redirect you. GPS, y'all, is smart. Let me tell you what GPS does. GPS, you turn it on, the first thing it does, it looks up to where its help comes from. What if we did that every time we have a problem? What if the first thing we did when we turned on in the morning, when we booted up, when we started our day, is we looked up to where our help comes from? GPS is smart. GPS just, just doesn't just do that. GPS looks up, and then it uses that, that thing up there, a satellite in this analogy, as its fixed point of reference. What if we used God and the Word of God as our fixed point of reference? See, because GPS, when, when it looks up and, and when it grabs that fixed point of reference, and then when it determines where it stands and where that reference stands, where the GPS unit is and where the satellite is, then it can navigate any street, any place, anywhere in the world. If you will look up 
to where your help comes from. If you accept that God and the word of God is the true fixed point of reference for all things, and if you will understand that your ways are infinitely lower than his ways, as Isaiah 55 tells us, then you absolutely will never get lost again, ever in life. GPS is smart. And when you access the word of God as your turn-by-turn guidance for your life, you are not accessing a global positioning system. You are accessing God's positioning system. That's what the Word of God is. It's God's positioning system for your life. The Word of God positions you and puts you where you need to go. The map, this cheap thing that you've been praying about and worrying about, this only tells you what if. GPS tells you what now. See, we want that map from God But the problem with that map is that map is only as good as you know how to use it. Who here does not know how to use that map? Be honest, I have no clue. Okay? A map is only as good as you know how to use it. Ask a millennial what direction they are driving. North, south, east, or west. Ask a Gen Zer what direction their mom is driving in. North, south, east, or west. They will have no clue. Neither will I. I'm going the Apple Maps direction. I don't know. Is there another one? (laughs) That's, that's the direction I'm going in. A map is only as good as you know how to use it, okay? Just like I was saying before, some of y'all, you've been coming here for seasons and you use GPS because you trust it. You don't pull out that old map. Maps are flawed, y'all. Maps are dead things. This doesn't automatically live update based on the conditions of the universe, okay? The day this was printed, its knowledge ended, okay? Maps are flawed. Maps might give you the what if, but they don't tell you what is happening right now. But thankfully for you and for me, God doesn't operate that way. He operates on more advanced technology. He is more advanced than the most advanced technology there is right now. He operates on something called turn-by-turn guidance. Let me show you what that looks like. Turn-by-turn guidance. This is how he operates. He shows you what to do absolutely right now. And if you will obey him and take that turn and say yes to him, as scary as that yes might be, guess what he does? He then updates and gives you another turn to take. And then another turn, and then another one, and then the DJ Khaled blessing of another one. Half y'all got that. The other people are like, DJ who? He operates on a turn-by-turn type of guidance. And let me tell you why he does this. Here's why he does this. Some of us, if he revealed to us the whole map right now, look how messy that thing looks. This is a disaster, right? Look at it, how messy that thing is. If he revealed to you the whole map right now, not only would you not understand it, Would it not make sense to you? Why? Because you only see the pieces. He sees the whole puzzle of your life. Not only would you not understand it, you would probably run and be terrified of seeing the things that you are going to have to go through in this life. I'm talking real with you, okay? This isn't a prosperity gospel. This is just the truth. You would probably run and be terrified, or you might do something worse. You might see the great things that God has ahead for you in a future season, and you might become very, very prideful. You might start acting like the CEO while you are still the intern. One day you're going to be the CEO, but you act like the CEO while you're the intern and you got a big problem, my friend, right? If he showed you the map right now, I don't know that it would help you. 
I don't know that it would help me. I think it might hurt me. See, we all want the destination from God, the answers to our what if questions. We all want the route overview. That's what this is right here. You see that? We all want to get to browse our life and see every single turn that we are going to have to make to get to Canadian Tire. Why, why was Canadian Tire there? I don't know. <laughs> this is not a plug. We're not sponsored by them. But you, you want to see every single stop away the way I want to, right? But, but, but God protects us from that, and he gives us one turn. If we will say yes to it, then he gives us another turn. So the question I have for you tonight is, will you be obedient to the next turn that God has in your life? Because let me tell you this, if you hear nothing else that I say to you tonight, breakthrough is always on the other side of obedience. Always. You look at any breakthrough that happened in the Holy Scriptures, they always came on the coattails of an act of obedience from a man or a woman. Without exception, breakthrough is always on the other end of obedience. Proverbs chapter 3 puts it this way in verse 5, five, to six, five and 6. Excuse me. Trust in the Lord God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on that map of how you think your life should look, but in all your ways, submit to him his next turn, his next guidance for you. In all ways, submit to him, and guess what he will do? He will make your paths straight. He will make your path straight. I know you've heard that scripture so many times. It's not a, it's not a hidden scripture in the Bible, but the application of that scripture is difficult. It's difficult to submit to him in all your ways. But if you will, if you will listen to his turn-by-turn directions, then what you can do is you can throw away that garbage map, that plan that you had for your life that you thought was going to be the best thing ever, and you can trade it in for God's plan for your life. God has a good plan for you. He has a hope and a future, a plan not to hurt you, not to harm you, but to prosper you and keep you from evil. Is there anyone in this room who believes that tonight? Because if you don't believe that, then everything I'm saying to you is of no worth. He has a good plan for you. Now, though, let's get really practical before we go back to worship, because there's someone in this room who's thinking a question right now. Lindsay, can you hold that terrible thing for me? Thank you very much. That was rude. Thank you, my wife. I love you. Um, let's get real practical for a second. You might say, okay, cool, pastor. I get your little cute analogy. I've heard the GPS thing before. That's great. Good job but I can't hear his direction. I don't know what the next turn is. I don't know what the destination is. I don't hear that turn-by-turn -turn guidance that you're talking about. Y'all, some of you, and I've done it in stages of my life, so I don't say this with judgment. I got one at you and three at me, okay? Some of you have muted the voice guidance on your GPS, on God's positioning system. You see that button right there? That is muting the voice guidance. Some of you have put God on mute. God doesn't stop speaking when you put him on mute. You don't control him like that. He's more powerful than you. Newsflash, sorry. Okay? But you, he, he gives you the autonomy to mute him if you want. My lovely, amazing, beautiful wife, best, God-fearing, gorgeous wife, she's right here. She has something that's very annoying. Every time I get into her car, she uses GPS. She, she has Apple CarPlay in her car. Siri comes on, but who here knows that Siri is a lady, right? Siri is a lady? Yes? Not in her car. Siri is this very attractive-sounding Australian gentleman. And he goes, babe, turn left now. Babe, you've missed your turn. Turn right. 
I shut that dude up so quick when I get in that car, I hit mute instantly. Don't you call my girl, babe. I know you're digital, but I'm still jealous. I mute it. I mute it. And then guess what happens to me in my prideful jealousy? I miss my stinking turn every time. Because I'm not looking at the car play. I'm looking at the road like a good driver. I mute it. You can do that in your life with God. He doesn't stop speaking, but you can mute him for a season. And then you wonder, why can't I hear him? Why can't I hear him? Because three weeks ago, you pressed mute. This is hard preaching, but it's going to help somebody. Look, that's one thing. But before I leave that, let me give you this analogy. Who's married or in a relationship? Hands up. In a relationship, you were dating one week or one year. I don't care. You're in a relationship? Okay, cool. So many people in a relationship say, he never talks to me. She never listens to me. We, we don't talk anymore. That's a song, right? I think <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. Um, they, they never listen to me. She never talks to me. He never talks to me. When was the last time you took her on a date so she would have time to talk to you? Like, when was the last time you made a space in your relationship where y'all could actually talk? Some of us, we go to God and we go, God, you don't talk to me anymore. When was the last time you gave him 20 minutes? This is not sexy preaching. But your rub-a-dub-dub, -dub, thanks for the grub, before eating Swiss chalet, that's not talking to him. That's good, amen. You got to bless your food. You know, get rid of the carbohydrates right out of it before you eat it. That's a good thing to do. By the way, it doesn't work that way. I've tried. Um, but we, we complain that they don't talk, but we don't make space. We have to actually make space for God to talk. If we leave him on mute, we can't accuse him of being guilty of not talking to us. Another way that works, sometimes I'll be driving in the car and I blast music. Y'all, my Jeep is a rolling church, okay? And it's got every type of music. It's got contemporary worship. It's got from Hillsong to gospel to everything. in Anyone else make their vehicle a church? You blast worship music? Okay, if you don't, I recommend it, okay? Because whatever situation you roll up on, you're worshiped up and you're ready to go, okay? You're surrounding yourself with something good. I blast music in my car and... It's not always worship. <laughs> I wish I could tell you who it was, but it should be. But I blast music, and sometimes, first of all, if you see me driving in Whippy, you're going to think I'm a lunatic from the way I jam out to music. But, but save and accept that. Sometimes I will have my music so loud. It's not that I've muted that turn-by-turn -turn guidance. It's that I can't hear it because I've turned up the music so loud. Let me break this down for you. Sometimes you turn up the volume on other voices in your life so much that it's not that God stopped speaking, it's that he, you can't hear him over those other voices. Sometimes you've cranked the fear up so high in your life that all you hear every time you take a new step, fear, 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 it's all you hear, and he's speaking, but you can't hear him because you're blasting fear. Sometimes it's acceptance by this world. You've cranked that volume up so much, I got to do this or no one will like me. I got to act this way or I won't be cool. I, I, I have to do this because if not, it won't be popular at my job and I'm going to get in trouble. Some of you have cranked up, except some, I've done that in my life, cranked up acceptance by this world. We crank up the volume on all these other voices. Some of us, let's get real talk for a minute. Some of us have cranked up the volume on lust in our life so high that we're losing out on a thing called real love that God has for us. This is not my sermon to you, but let me tell you one thing about lust. You know what lust is? It's really simple. Lust is just one thing. It's misplaced passion. 
passion is not bad. God gave you passion, but where you put it is everything. That's what lust is. It's misplaced passion. You've turned the volume up on all these other things to a point where you can't hear his voice anymore. Y'all, God never stops speaking. That's what I'm trying to say to you in a ton of paragraphs. God never stops speaking. It's our responsibility to make sure that we can listen. Then sometimes you might say, well, okay, pastor, cool. If I'm being honest with you, I do know what God is telling me to do next. Like, I, I know it's been confirmed. I've heard it. I know. But I can't leave, I can't leave this current season and go to that next one because what I got going right now is so good. And he's calling me to that next one. And there isn't security there. And I don't feel comfortable there. And I, I just don't know. And you're so stuck in your current season that you cannot leave and go to the next season. Let me just reassure you today that whatever God has for you in the next is so much greater than what is in the now. It, it always is. You might not see it immediately. It may take, take some time, but it always is. Moses in the Bible, he did an amazing thing. He got the Israelites out of Egypt. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you where Moses failed. He got the Israelites out of Egypt, but he never got Egypt out of the Israelites. Do you hear what I'm saying? They left one season. God had the land of milk and honey promised to them. Grapes that you had to carry on a stick with two people. Like just the best things for them. And there's a 12-day journey that they turned into 40 years. You know why? Because at every turn, they went to Moses and said, Moses, at least in slavery, we had food. What? In slavery? God just delivered us from that. See, sometimes you know what the next turn is in that turn-by-turn guidance, but, but you're too scared to leave the current season. Let me tell you, God will be with you. I just read that verse to you. He will watch over you with his loving eyes every single step of the way. We're getting there. We're almost back to worship soon. The next reason maybe that you have is you might say, well, pastor, I'm not stuck, but the next turn he told me is really hard. <laughs> like, it's not like turn left on Brock Street. That's easy. It's, it's really hard, the, the next thing. What I would say to you respectfully is good. The proof of progress in your life is resistance. Every single good thing takes time. Every single good thing is uphill. This life was not meant to be easy. And let me tell you this. I don't want to sound cold and callous to you because the Bible is not cold and callous. Yeah, things are going to be hard. But every single place that God makes a demand in your life, he is also the supply. He never makes a demand without giving the supply. Never. He never does that. There is no lack and there is no want in him. Then you might say to me, okay, cool, cool, cool. One more. The next turn doesn't make sense. It says, get on the Don Valley Parkway at 5 p.m. Uh-uh. That makes no sense. I'm taking a side road. There's no way I'm doing that. You know what? Sometimes when it doesn't make sense, that's good. Because God's ways are higher than your ways, and they're higher than my ways. And just because they don't make sense now does not mean that they do not make sense. Because let me tell you this. Sometimes he will give you a detour that you do not expect. And that detour will look nothing like the destination that you know God is calling you to, but the biggest blessings sometimes are in the detour. Here's why. God doesn't just want you to arrive at your destination, at your assignment, at your blessing. He wants you to be able to stay there once you arrive. He loves you enough for that. So sometimes he's got to teach you some things on the Don Valley Parkway at 5 p.m. See, y'all don't be putting up that one finger that we all know about. When somebody cuts you off, he got to teach you a little bit of patience. So when he gives you that job, you don't go acting like that. 
Sometimes there are detours that make no sense to us right now, but the blessing, my friend, is in the detour because in the detour lies God's protection system. God's positioning system comes with God's protection season. I tell you this all the time. You know what you want. He knows what you need. You want from him what you want, but he gives you what you need right now, today, tomorrow, and the next day after that. It's turn by turn. And sometimes those turns that come up, sometimes a turn will slam a door straight in your face. you got to be thankful to God for the no's, not just for the yeses. Because sometimes, yeah, you can clap about that. I appreciate the person that claps thanking for the no. They must have a, an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend or someone. You're thankful for that no that God gave you. But let me put it to you this way. See, see, the door looks great, and it looks awesome, but you don't see the other side of the door. He does. And sometimes if he let you open that door, there is a threshold with a cliff on the other end of it. And sometimes we cry out in anger to God, God, why didn't you open that door that I wanted? And he's like, bro, there's a cliff on the other side. I didn't open it because I love you, sis. You know, he sees it from all perspectives. We don't. Proverbs 14, 12 puts it this way. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. There are ways that appear to be right in our life, but in the end, they lead to death. When he says no to you, when that turn takes you a place that you don't want to go, one day you'll be thankful for it. Maybe not now, but one day. Guys, he goes before you. He prepares a table for you. He has already worked out that what if that you stay up till 4 a.m. thinking about, that I stay up till 4 a.m. thinking about. He's currently waiting for you on the what now. He's waiting for you in the what now. He's not, he's not looking for the what if. He goes before you, but don't mistake what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that he will do it for you. He goes before you, but it doesn't mean that he will do it for you. This is Apple Maps, not a Tesla. Okay. Teslas drive themselves. It's creepy. It's really weird. Uh, there's videos, I don't know if you've seen them, of dudes on the 407 sleeping while their Tesla goes 130 kilometers an hour. Like in the driver's seat, not, not the passenger seat. Okay? He goes before us. It doesn't mean that he's going to do it for us. He prepares you a table, but you still got to eat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He prepares you a table, but you still got to eat. But any road he takes you on, he prepares for you he gives grace to make a way. He's given a suspension to handle the turns that come with it because he is not a God who makes a demand where he does not bring the supply. And he's not just a God of supply, y'all. He's a God of multiplication. He doesn't like just to supply for you. He likes to multiply for you. But if you keep it in your hands, Jonathan, can you play those keys? Thank you. If you keep it in your hands, you can't expect him to multiply you got to add obedience and subtract your own autonomy, your own fleshly desire if you want that multiplication. you got to accept the turn-by-turn guidance because when you do, my third and final point, when you accept God's positioning system, you get God's protection system, and you know what that results in? God's peace system. Anyone here who wants God's peace system? If you don't have peace in life, y'all, you got nothing. I don't care if you have hundreds of millions of dollars. If you don't have peace, and there's some people who have that but don't have peace, you have nothing. Fulfillment and peace in your life is attached to your assignment. When you are walking in your assignment, you will find fulfillment and you will find peace. 
Philippians 4, verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. That's a good kind of peace. Your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Catch that last line because it's not the one we celebrate, but it's the most important. As you live in Christ Jesus, as you accept God's positioning system, as you go turn by turn, yes by yes, obedience upon obedience, as you do that, you get peace in your heart and peace in your mind. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of peace that I'm looking for. That's the kind of peace that I need in my heart and my mind. If you're eluding your assignment, my friends, you're eluding your fulfillment. Some of us, God has been flashing right in front of us what the next turn is. And as we keep driving along in life, ignoring his commands, let me show you what happens. He doesn't give up on you. The destination doesn't change. He'll keep rerouting you and bringing you back because he loves you. But what happens to your time to destination? It just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing and going from 12 days to 40 years. I don't want you to live your life 40 years in what should have taken 12 days. Don't get it twisted. God will never leave you, forsake you, nor abandon you. Your assignment and your destination will not change. That didn't happen. But if you will accept that turn-by-turn turn guidance, y'all, it was meant to be 12 days, not 40 years. That was the Canadian Tire. It's 10 minutes from here. It shouldn't take longer. If you will accept those God-given assignments, then you will get peace and joy because peace and joy lie in the assignment of your life. Our last scripture, I promise, Psalm 16. You will show me the path of life in your presence is a fullness of joy. In his presence is where the fullness of joy is. That's why when you come here, you get so happy because you get in God's presence. This building isn't special. This isn't some crazy temple. These people on the stage are amazing, but it's not because of us. It's You get joy because you get in his presence when you come here. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Guys, the map, Lindsay, give me that map, please. The map, why did you fill it up? You're such a wonderful woman. The map is cheap. Stop praying to God for this. Show me what if. Show me what if. Show me what I'm going to be in 20 years. Show me who I should marry. Show me, show me what I should do. Stop the what if. The what if is cheap. Stop that. He is giving you the what now. Your waymaker is making a way for you. And some of you are in a desert season. Some of you are in a wilderness. He still makes a way in those places. I'm jumping ahead now because I want to close. But, but the last thing, last, I promise, <laughs> a lot of you, a lot. The last thing, not about important things. The last thing, cool pastor, but I still don't know what to do next. Yes, you do. The Word of God tells you what to do next. And they're not crazy epiphanies. They're very, very simple when they pop up in the turn by turn. They're simple commandments. When you obey God's commandments, even the smallest ones, He gives you the next turn. Some of you, 
what it looks like. You're going to see it come up on the screen. Honor your parents. Okay? That's a simple commandment. He'll tell you what to do next. You don't know what job to take, where to study. Honor your parents. It'll come next. Some of you, you've got to bless your children. Your children have been giving you gray hair, and they're causing you grief, and you don't know how to deal with it. Bless them. It's what the Bible tells you to do. Someone, oh, this is for somebody. Someone's had a flashing turn signal saying forgive for a very, very long time. And you have been holding on to the weight of the offenses that have been done to you. That weight and burden is not yours to bear. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Someone's got to forgive. These, it's not these crazy epiphanies. It's as we walk with him. As we live in Christ Jesus, he makes the path straight. It's turn-by-turn guidance. Some of us, is gratitude. When you live a life of gratitude and you start giving thanks, you realize how really blessed you are. My pastor put it to me this way once. This is brilliant. I know I'm keeping you for a while, but this is brilliant. This is what he said to me. He said, if you ever start thinking like you're forgotten or you're not blessed or you don't have all the things you need, Think of one thing that you really, really love. Do that right now. One person probably that you really, really love. Mom, dad, brother, sister, husband, wife, best friend. Think if you lost that person, what would you give to get them back? If your answer is everything, I would give everything to get mom back. I would give everything to get my husband back. I would give give everything to get my spouse back. If you would give everything, it means that you already have everything. It's a perspective shift of gratitude. If you will adopt a lifestyle of giving thanks, maybe that's what the next turn is that you got to take. Would you stand to your feet? Because we're going to go back into worship now. Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is that we trust Google Maps, Apple Maps, Waze. We trust it blindly because we know it has our best interest in mind. We don't just trust it. We rely on it. Every single day, you rely on it. Will you give the creator of the universe, your Lord and Savior, that same kind of reliance? Would you say yes to him every day, turn by turn, obedience by obedience, and obey that thing that has been flashing. I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling that you do. And if you don't, we're going to worship right now. We're going to get in his presence. And there is a fullness of joy in his presence. If you will get in his presence, I believe that he will show it to you tonight what that next turn is. Because I don't want you lost for 40 years on a 12-day journey. You have turn-by-turn guidance. Stop praying for a map when you have that kind of guidance. You have everything you need right now. Do one turn, and then the next one will come. It's the way that it works. If you do one turn, God will provide you with that next turn. And even if you have departed so far from the different directions that he has put on your life, know this, that he is a gracious God that will always reroute you. There's always a way home. He stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. Revelation 3.20. The question is, will you turn? Will you turn the steering wheel for his guidance? Will you turn 
the knob of the door and let him into your heart. Will you turn? That's my call of action to you tonight. As we go back into worship, will you turn? Because not for a single moment of your life have you ever been abandoned or forsaken. He has met you so many times before, and he will meet you here again tonight.